Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. we got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, every you want to watch or listen we've got you covered multiple ways Alrighty, today is a big old Tuesday March Madness just wrapped up last night. A big old quarterback trade happened in the NFL that I am not happy about. We'll get into that, folks. Uh, but we're going to be continuing on with our NFL draft prospect of the day, uh, looking at Tyson Campbell, safety from Georgia. Couldn't squeeze him in yesterday on the show, so we moved him over today. Going to get to him today. Uh, breaking down the NBA. Uh, we'll kind of cover March Madness a little bit, just kind of wrap it all up and uh, doing our stories of the day. And, you know, we've got to talk about it, folks. So let's just jump right into it. <sighs> Here it is. The story, the big old trade that made me cry yesterday. I did not want this to happen. I really wanted Teddy Bridgewater to be in Carolina next season. Let that man run it back again with a full, healthy Running back, that's very, very good, folks. Christian McCaffrey with a second-year head coach now that you've gotten kind of the kinks and the bugs figured out of that year one. Let him run it back. But I guess they've got other plans. So here it is. The Jets trade quarterback Sam Darnold to the Panthers in exchange for a 2021 this year sixth-round pick and then next year second-round pick and fourth-round pick. So let's start there with the compensation of Sam Darnold. A sixth-round pick in this year's draft, that's absolutely nothing. I would trade my sixth-round picks for dirt in this league. So, yes, the for the Panthers or the Jets – no, the Panthers won the trade there – of really giving up nothing in this year's draft. Now, when we talk about what happens next season, the second-round pick, meh, it's okay. That's basically all it is. A sixth-round pick and a fourth-round pick, that's really kind of garbage. You can make those up by just kind of trading, you know, any one of your players, you know, that you, you were going to cut. You can kind of trade them and get one of those picks back, a deep pick back for that. So I'm not really too concerned with those sixth and fourth-round pick. Really, the only valuable pick here is next year's second-round pick. But still, at the same time, it's a second-round pick. And it's this is a potential quarterback. So I would say the Panthers won the trade all day. The Jets, um, the Jets also kind of want. I mean, it definitely works out for both teams, I guess. If the if the Panthers truly believe in Sam Darnold, then it's a win for both teams. I don't think Sam Darnold's that much of an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater, so I'm saying the Jets won the trade. But if we're just kind of looking at both sides, Panthers, if they truly believe in Sam Darnold, they really didn't give up that much for him. So not terrible on both sides here. Now, Robert Sala now, I mean, they're definitely drafting a quarterback now at number two. We just talked about it yesterday, kind of ruined that little segment that we had. But, uh, you know, talking about, you know, the Jets keeping Sam Darnold and drafting a quarterback to kind of help out Robert Sala, maybe ease his transition to head coach a little bit. But he's going in head first. He's diving in head first. He's like, you know what? This is my team now. I don't want this guy. I don't know who the hell this quarterback is. I didn't sign up for that. I signed up to be the head coach and choose my own quarterback. So, Sammy D. 
you're out of here. And I'm going to start fresh by drafting my own quarterback. So we'll see what Robert Sala does, who he's going to take. I'm, I, that's, I, I think that's going to definitely hurt the 49ers at number three now because we know the 49ers are going to draft a quarterback as well. And now the Jets are like, mm, we're really not sure what we're doing, but we see the 49ers uh, uh trading all their picks to get up to number three I think we could go for a quarterback too and which one was he looking at the 49ers oh Zach Wilson yeah I think we're going to take a second look at him as well so we'll see what the Jets do here I mean they they're in the perfect position to kind of screw over the 49ers and Robert Sala I don't know I don't know too much about this man but I wouldn't put it past him that he may be oh this is what the 49ers are doing well I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it before him because I got the number two pick and I'm gonna screw them so We'll see what happens. It's definitely going to be super interesting come draft night, what the Jets try to uh, do decide. And if the 49ers are dead set on one of the kind of two available quarterbacks of Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, uh, we'll see if the Jets kind of go after the quarterback that the 49ers actually wanted. That's why the one that they actually traded up to get in the draft. So very interesting here. <clears throat> what the Jets will do at the number two pick, but they're not keeping Sam Darnold. They got some nice, nice extra draft picks for the next two seasons, so we'll see how Robert Sala can kind of go and rebuild this team, but overall, uh, the Jets maybe won the trade maybe 51% compared to 49% uh, with the Panthers, so that's the trade. Sam Darnold to the Panthers. Now let's start talking about why. Why the heck did they make this trade? If we just look up straight up stats between Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not seeing a big old difference, folks. Now, Sam Darnold has had Todd Bowles. He got drafted by Todd Bowles, who's a defensive-minded head coach and really did not work out. And then Adam Gase, the quarterback guru, the offensive savior. He can turn any garbage quarterback into to Peyton Manning because that's what he did. I mean, Adam Gase worked with Peyton Manning, so Adam Gase must have been the only person, the only reason for that success. Uh, we, I don't think, I, I don't, I've never bought that narrative, but ESPN went, ran with that narrative for like four straight seasons for some reason. Um, so Sam Darnold has definitely not had the great coaching behind him to elevate his own play here. Three seasons with the Jets. First year went four nine. Second year went seven to six, and then just last year two and ten. So let's get the elephant out of the room. The man can't even stay healthy. When has he, he's never even played a full sixteen game season? But the Panthers are like, this is our guy. We'll we'll get rid of Teddy Bridgewater and kind of ruin all that progress year one that we built without a running back and go with Sam Darnold who can't even stay healthy. Okay, alrighty. And then let's look at the completion percentage. Um. We say 62 to 65 is good in this league. You got to be somewhere in between there. Obviously, anything better than 65 is fantastic. But Sam Darnold here, first year, 57%. Second year, 61.9%. So right on that cutoff of 62. So I guess we can kind of give it to him. But then he floundered last season, took a step back at 59% completion percentage in 2020. And this is the season where uh, completion percentage was inflated, folks. Josh Allen just threw 60. 69%. Teddy Bridgewater just threw 69% last season, but you're going with Sam Darnold, who's throwing 59% completion percentage, can't even stay healthy for an entire season? Okay. Okay, Carolina, if that's your prerogative. 
And now let's look at these touchdown to interception ratios for Sam Darnold. Uh, first year, 2018, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Trash! That's basically one-to-one. -one. You've got to be two-to-one touchdown to interception ratio at least. And I really don't even want to see you in double-digit interceptions. But there, there's Sam Darnold, 15 picks, year one. All right, did he get better in 2019? A little bit. 19 touchdowns, but still 13 interceptions. So a little bit better, but still way too many turnovers. Did he clean it up this season in 2020? No. Nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That's negative touchdown to interception ratio. That's horrible. I can't even think about doing that. You should be cut immediately from the NFL if you ever do this. If you ever have more interceptions than passing touchdowns, you should never be allowed to play quarterback in this league again. And plus, I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit of a, um, and he's, he doesn't support the troops, folks. Nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Don't you think, you think that's a coincidence? I don't think so. So, Sam Darnold here, nothing truly great that we're seeing. Um, so let's see what Teddy Bridgewater was doing last season for the Panthers. Was it that much better than what Sam Darnold did? No, not that much better. But we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater at first year with a new team. Matt Rule, a new a new head coach in the NFL. He's been a college head coach for his entire career. But now this is his first time in the pros. And, and Teddy Bridgewater didn't even have his kind of safety valve. Christian McCaffrey for the entire season. So, and I would say this is a decent performance here with all things considered here of this Panthers organization doing the rebuild getting rid of you know their big old previous pass of Ron Rivera and Cam Newton bringing in a head coach from college bringing in a quarterback that you know it was came back from an injury proved that he could back up Drew Brees made it work there in the Saints organization and now is in a new team with a new head coach and not having kind of your main your face of the franchise of Christian McCaffrey there. So this is what uh, Teddy Bridgewater did last season, 4-11, and and he definitely wasn't clutch last season. That is the one knock that we can kind of say uh, that Teddy Bridgewater did. I mean, he just did not get it done in the clutch. All of these games were kind of one possession, so he did keep them close, but he just could not execute down the stretch or before halftime to get some points. That is the only knock that we saw on Teddy Bridgewater last season, but... He's at 69% completion percentage. I mean, folks, that's great. Look at this man's completion percentage his entire career. First year, 64%. Second year, 65%. Then third year, that was his injury year. It carried over to 2018. And then 2019, when he started to back up for Drew Brees, went 5-0 and and threw 67% completion percentage. And that leads to last year, where he threw 69% completion percentage. So we're seeing greatness here. These are great numbers of completion percentage. And that was before the inflated year that Sam Darnold did not take advantage of this year. So, uh, you know, 4-11 and record, not great. Completion percentage was there. 3,700 yards. We'll take that very close to 4,000, and he only played 15 games. So... Yeah, extra game potentially gets him to that 4,000 mark, which is fantastic. Um, touchdown to interception ratio definitely needs to be a little bit better here. 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. So that's definitely something Teddy Bridgewater needs to work on. Cut down on the interceptions, get more passing touchdowns. But the infrastructure was all there for Teddy Bridgewater to make the next leap. Uh, but the Panthers are going with Sam Darnold for some reason. What what are they seeing in Sam Darnold that's so much better than uh, Teddy Bridgewater? I'm not seeing it. I'm 
I'm truly not seeing it. Um, all right. Let's also go into what happened schedule-wise this season. Was Sam Donald keeping the Jets into some of these games? Were these competitive games here? Let's see what the Jets were doing this season with Sam Darnold. First game against the Bills. They lose 17-27. Two-possession game there. Not great. Uh, kind of a blowout. Uh, second game, losing against the 49ers, 31-13. That's a blowout. Then they face uh, the Colts, lose 7-36, a blowout. So he's not even being competitive in some of these games here. Against Denver, losing 28-37. Once again, a two-possession game. They're not the greatest. Then against Arizona, 10-30. They lose 10-30, folks. That is a blowout. Then they face Miami. They lose 0-24, folks. I mean, getting blown out here, not putting up any points offensively. That's what, that's what the Panthers want, a quarterback that can't get any production offensively. Let's keep going here with this schedule against Buffalo they lose 10 to 18 all right one possession game little close there we'll give it to Sammy D there but then he's back the next week losing against the Chiefs 9 to 35 I mean folks folks blowouts not competitive then we get uh, the Patriots. They lose 27 to 30. All right, but he didn't even play that game. He didn't even play that game. So, um, and then the Chargers didn't play that game either. They lose 28 to 24. So a little bit competitive here in the games that Sam Darnold didn't play. Um, I had to go back to uh, the game against Arizona Miami. Sam Darnold did not play in that 10 to 30. Uh, blowout loss in the Miami 0 to 24 blowout loss. Uh, so uh, strike those from the record. Uh, but then let's keep going here. The second time against Miami, they lose 3 to 20, non competitive. Then they lose uh, 28 to 31 against the Raiders. They lose 3 <laughs> 3 to 40 against the Seahawks. I mean, folks, not being competitive here down the stretch. The two games they won, they beat the Rams. 23 to 20. He had 70% completion percentage, one touchdown, no interceptions. Great game there. Uh, then they also beat Cleveland down the stretch, 23 to 16. But once again, he threw 50% completion percentage. Not great. He threw two touchdowns, no interceptions. So I'll give him that. But that completion percentage, that's something that we've seen not great by him all, all of his career. And then the last game of the season against New England, last game laid all on the line, and they kind of got blown out there, 14 to 28, two possessions. So and he threw two interceptions that game. So. Not seeing anything truly great here by Sam Darnold. Let's see what Teddy Bridgewater did this season in terms of games and performance. Was he keeping it close? Let's see what we get here. Opens up the season losing 30-34 to against the Raiders. All righty, a one-possession game. Against Tampa Bay, they kind of got blown out a little bit. 17, they lose 17-31. to uh, I mean, uh, but that's against the, the Super Bowl champions, folks. I, I can kind of forgive a little bit of a blowout loss there. Um, but then they're back. They're winning. They're winning games early in the season. They started three and two. That's pretty decent. Sam Donald starting 0-5. Not the greatest. Uh, so they get on a nice little three-game winning streak here. Winning 21 to 16. Winning 31 to 21 against the Cardinals. Winning 23 to 16 over Atlanta. Then they lose uh, to Chicago 16 to 23. One possession game. They lose to the Saints 24-27. One possession game. They lose against the Cardinals 17 to 25. One possession game. They lose against the Chiefs 31 to 33. One possession games, keeping up offensively with the Chiefs. Come on. Teddy Bridgewater threw 30, 73% and 310 yards, two touchdowns, no picks against the Chiefs. Keeping up offensively. Sam Darnold has not shown that all season. Um, then we go to Tampa Bay again. They lose 23-46. to 46, So once again, a blowout against the Bucs. But we're talking about a Super Bowl champion defense. And he still threw 75%. Threw an interception, unfortunately. But still decently kind of got it done against the Bucs a little bit. 
All right, the one game they didn't play, he, uh, yeah, the one game he didn't play this season, they did win. So a little bit of a knock there, let's say that, because uh, they beat Detroit 20-0, to zero, but it, it's against the Lions. I think Teddy B could have beaten the Lions. Um, all right, let's keep going on here. Uh, they lose against the Vikings 27-28, one-point loss, very close there. They lose against Denver 27-32, one-possession game. They lose against Green Bay 16-24, one-possession game. They beat Washington 20-17, and then the last game of the season, they get blown out by the... Um by the Saints, uh, seven to thirty-three. So their only blowout losses—they only had two, or they had three, three blowout losses. Two against, two came against Super Bowl champions of the Bucks, and the the other one came against the Saints the last week where they had nothing to kind of play for. So overall, I'm I'm truly not seeing what Matt. I think Matt. I don't know what Matt Rule's thinking. Honestly, I I'm not seeing the distinctive differences between Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater that warrants a trade right now when you're a new coach and you're already switching quarterbacks like they're freaking playing cards out here I'm not getting it and now let's kind of wrap it up here because Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold do have something in common and that's the wide receiver Robbie Anderson he started his uh, career with the Jets same Sam Darnold kind of came in uh, when did Sam Darnold come in 2017 or 2018 Sam Darnold came in at 2018, and <clears throat> Robbie Anderson has been there for two seasons. So here we go. 2018 was Sam Darnold's first experience with Robbie Anderson, and he throws um, 752 yards in six touchdowns. And he has a catch percentage of 53%. Not great for Sam Darnold. So Sam Darnold a little less accurate there with Robbie Anderson. And then in 2019, also Sam Darnold to Robbie Anderson. Once again, only 779 yards. So getting sucked there. Not a thousand yard receiver with Sam Darnold. Five touchdowns. And once again, 54% uh, completion per, uh, catch percentage. So, you know, just kind of hit and miss. Every other throw by Sam Darnold to Robbie Anderson is basically a drop in a catch. So kind of not very great there and then Teddy Bridgewater has Robbie Anderson for one season his first season with Robbie Anderson his first and only season throwing to Robbie Anderson makes him a thousand yard receiver right off the rip no problem there 1096 uh, total yards for Robbie Anderson this season he only had three touchdowns but that's going back to our knock on Teddy Bridgewater of just kind of not getting it done in the red zone not being able to kind of um uh, score touchdowns instead of settling for field goals. So, you know, that's already a knock that we've said about him. But he got him the yards. And look at this catch percentage, 69% catch percentage. So, Teddy Bridgewater's throwing more accurate balls to Robbie Anderson for him to catch more yards. So, I mean, folks, what are we talking about How here? I'm truly not believing in Matt Rule anymore. I mean, I I, I would have given, I would have given um, Teddy Bridgewater a second chance here. I don't. I didn't see too much here from Teddy Bridgewater that made me think, oh my God, I've got to get rid of this man as soon as possible and take a chance on a quarterback that hasn't proven anything in this league. So I'm truly not seeing it here. Uh, the numbers, the stats, the film. Um, let's watch here. Let's watch what Sam Darnold does. Let's see all of his mistakes how, because we're talking about um, Teddy Bridgewater's mistakes of not capitalizing uh, by scoring touchdowns. Let's see what Sam Darnold's decision making is looking like out here. We get all of Sam Darnold's 2020 interceptions here. So let's look at what this man is doing. Let's see what Matt Rule is going to have to overcome and try to fix what Sam Darnold is doing out here on the field. So here we go. First one. 
First of 11 out here, escaping the pocket, throws back over to the middle of the field in triple coverage. That's the kind of decision-making you want from Sam Darnold there? Alrighty. I mean, uh, people knock Teddy Bridgewater for making the same thing. So what? what is the difference, Matt Rule? What is truly the difference here? I'm not seeing it. Alrighty, let's see what the second interception is looking like by Sam Darnold here. Alrighty, against the Colts, going to the sideline. And look at this. I mean, this is great coverage. Look to be a predetermined read. I mean, look at he's staring down his receiver right from the rip. Staring him down in the quarter, corner just kind of jumps the ball. That's a pick. Can he return it all the way for the six points? I think he's going to. Yes, sir. So Sam Donald is scoring for the other team. Sam Donald wasn't even competitive in all these games, and he's giving free points to the other teams and not being able to make up those points later in the game. All right, Matt Rule, that's what you want. Now we get Sam Donald in the red zone. Pick. Throwing it in double coverage. Not seeing the other defender slide over. Pick in the end zone. Not great. All right, here we go. Sam Darnold again. Colts defense just eating this man alive. The third pick by this Colts defense. Jeez Louise. Can we talk about the Colts being good? I'm telling you, they're going to get to the AFC Championship game, folks. It's locked in. All right, here we go. The second meeting against the Bills this time. Sam Darnold throwing flat-footed. Look at him. He's not even stepping into the throw. How lackadaisical. How lazy of a throw is this? You're just giving away free points, free turnovers for the for the opponent. Now they're down 10-18 to 18 here against the Bills again. Throws the ball low at the line of scrimmage. Gets tipped up by a lineman, and it just gets picked off. That's not totally his fault, but still not a great look. Let's keep going here. Oh, yes, sir, against the Dolphins. You knew that Finns had to get into some of this action. If somebody are if people are giving away free picks, the Dolphins are definitely going to be getting some of those. So here we go. Just kind of throwing. I don't even know who he's throwing to here. It's so inaccurate. Throwing, try to throw back inside, and that's where the defense is. So Sam Darnold on third and eight trying to do something. He just makes bad decisions here against the Dolphins. Again, counted as two. Chuck up two interceptions for the Finns. Oh, yeah. Bad. I mean, where is he throwing to? Does he? think that these players are open I mean he's having predetermined reads out here I'm not liking that at all but Matt Rule loves it I guess all right all right I really ah oh, man here he goes against the Patriots throw where is he throw this is like quadruple coverage there is nothing open look at how many Patriots players are down the field where he throws this look at this frame can somebody look at this frame I've got one two three four five Patriots players all in a single frame with one lone white Jets jersey out here and it's not even close man it's not even close out here we got one more we got one more pick by Sammy D what's the last one here we go against the Patriots again. Double covered in the end zone. Let's see where this one was. Once again, getting blown out 28 to 14 with three minutes left. Non-competitive games. Non-competitive games. If that's what you want as your quarterback, non-competitiveness, Matt Rule's got the perfect guy. So, I don't know, man. I'm not buying it. I'm not seeing it. We'll see if uh, Sam Darnold <clears throat> is kind of a product of, you know, Adam Gase being absolutely trash, and maybe Sam Darnold's actually good and can make it work with Matt Rule. But what we've seen so far, and that's what I want, proven talent in this league, I think there's more provenness of Teddy Bridgewater over Sam Darnold. So. All right, but now that brings up the question here. Where is Teddy Bridgewater going to go? And oh, it lets, I forgot to bring up this quote. Here we go. Panthers general manager Scott F uh, Fitterer on trading Sam Darnold. Here we go. 
trading for Sam Darnold. Quote, I just think in this offense with Joe Brady and Matt Rule, the weapons that we have around him, that he can take the next step with us. The weapons that you have around him, he couldn't make Robbie Anderson work before. Come on. Oh, man, I don't get it. I do not get it, and I do not like it. And then we get a picture of him, a Photoshop picture of him in a Panthers jersey. I don't like it. I don't think he looks good. So, <laughs> Sam Darnold, keep that in mind. You're not looking good out there when you're on the field. So, it, when you look good, you play good. If you're not looking good, you're still not going to be playing good out there. <laughs> um, and now that brings up where can Teddy Bridgewater go now? So here we go. The Panthers are letting Teddy talk with other teams to facilitate a trade. So for that, I applaud the Panthers. Very well done. Uh, don't kind of keep him hostage and keep him as your backup uh, just in case Sam Donald goes down, which he will go down because we've seen him not play an entire season before. So love that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to kind of decide his own destiny here. So let's quickly go over to see what is the quarterback options teams looking like right now who needs a quarterback so let's go through and see where Teddy Bridgewater could possibly go Seattle no they got Russell Wilson Rams no they got Matthew Stafford Cardinals no they got Kyler Murray 49ers no they've just they they sold out their future to draft a quarterback they're not going to take Teddy Bridgewater Alrighty, let's keep going here. The Saints, they've already got their own quarterback controversy. Now, it would be interesting if Teddy Bridgewater goes back to the Saints because they have history together. How crazy would that would be? I don't think that happens, but I would say it's a decent, I would say it's probably like a 2% probability of happening because they know each other. If nobody impresses really Sean Payton between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, maybe Sean Payton's like, you know what, let's get Teddy back in here. Then we can keep Taysom Hill as the tight end, and we can have Jameis Winston as a backup keep on learning for Jameis. So that'd be an interesting uh, decision if the Saints do that. Uh, the Bucks, no, they've got uh, Tommy B. Panthers, obviously not. Uh, the Falcons, uh, seems like they're keeping up with Matt Ryan, and we are going to have a story a little bit later where they are not, or they are interested in trading back. So definitely not going to be drafting a quarterback, and it seems like they're going to be keeping Matt Ryan. So don't expect him to go to the uh, the Falcons. Washington, they just brought in. Um, Brian Fitzpatrick to back up uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, yeah, uh, well, it's an open quarterback competition, but uh, they got two decent quarterbacks over there in Washington. Giants got Daniel Jones. Dak Prescott's back for the Cowboys. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for the Eagles. Uh, for the Packers, they got Aaron Rodgers. The Bears, yes, this is what you do. Matt Nagy and the general manager for the Bears, you swallow your pride and admit you made a mistake on that Andy Dalton pickup and you get uh, Teddy Bridgewater. You trade Andy Dalton for Teddy Bridgewater, a nice backup for Sam Darnold and Andy Dalton, and uh, the Bears get a definitely upgrade at quarterback for Teddy Bridgewater. You swallow your pride, Bears. You swallow your pride and get Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, the Vikings seems like they're keeping Kirk Cousins for at least one more year. Uh, the Lions, they just got uh, Jared Goff. They're going to probably, or just draft a quarterback. They haven't kind of made that initial, but they're not. They're either going to go with somebody where um, the new head coach, I'm blanking on the name for the Lions, that can just make his own determination at the quarterback by drafting his own quarterback, or they've got uh, Jared Goff there as well. Titans, they still got Ryan Tannehill. Colts, they just got... Um, 
Carson Wentz, Texans, potential there. Now, there is potential there for the Texans, depending on what's happening with Deshaun Watson. But until we hear from Deshaun Watson, we're going to say that as no vacancy for quarterback at the Texans. The Jags, they're drafting Trevor Lawrence. The Bills, they've got Josh Allen. The Dolphins have two of the Patriots. Okay, now we're talking. Have, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and Cam Newton on the same team? That would probably be pretty nice, have an open quarterback competition. And I would expect Teddy Bridgewater beats out Cam Newton. Um, but uh, I don't really see that happening. Um, the Jets, obviously not. Or that's where he is right now. Um, or no, 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 no. Forget about that. They're drafting quarterback. Sorry about that. Uh, the Steelers. All right. Possible interest here because we know this is Big Ben's final season. It's got to be his last season here. So maybe Mike Tomlin brings Teddy Bridgewater in to be the backup this season, then start next season. I could see that happening. So, so far, if he wants to be a starter, has to go to the uh, the Bears and a potential great backup spot is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Ravens got Lamar Jackson. The Browns have Baker Mayfield. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. The Raiders have Derek Carr. The Chargers have... Uh, uh, Justin Herbert and the Broncos. All right, here's another great opening. Drew Locke, he's really shown us nothing great, and he had his second season. He kind of had his second season, his second chance to get it right, and he still didn't make it right. So I would say the Broncos, if they kind of want a win-now quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, maybe draft a quarterback to kind of sit behind Teddy Bridgewater and warm up and work and get acclimated to this league, I definitely think that could happen. So there are potential starting spots for Teddy Bridgewater here. The Bears, if they swallow their pride and admit they made the wrong decision, the Broncos if they kind of want to move off of Drew Locke and then a nice backup spot with the Steelers if he wants to start next season so I still think there is a possibility of Teddy Bridgewater starting in this league this season which I definitely hope so because I want to see how this man can do with a second full season no kind of all right I start a season all right now I have to take another year off because there's no opening spots and then I have to go all right I finally get my shot two years from now but now I'm kind of back at square one not really kind of warmed up not in the rotation not in the rhythm and then I flounder again and then I'm back to square one where I am right now so uh Matt Rule I disapprove I disapprove Matt Rule we'll leave it at that uh, but I'm definitely rooting for Teddy Bridgewater. Let's leave it at that. I'm rooting for Teddy B to get back out there, man. Um, all right. And Matt Rule, I kind of wish you don't have success and I kind of hope you get fired. Is that a little bit too far? Should I have left it at uh, <laughs> good luck, Teddy Bridgewater? Um, all right. Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. Congra um, hoping I'm rooting for Teddy Bridgewater and I hope that Matt Rule loses his job now. We'll leave, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, all righty. Let's keep going here. Here we go. Man, oh man, Najee Harris, a big old great running back coming into this league, a draft eligible player here, and will potentially be the first running back taken. I definitely think if the Dolphins are going at a running back over Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, I think I got to rock with Najee Harris a little bit better. So here we go. Najee Harris was asked by Adam Schefter, uh, who's the best running back in the NFL? All righty, big answer here by Najee Harris. Let's see if he gets it right. All right, quote, a healthy Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the NFL. What he does, what he brings to the table as a pure back and how elusive he is in the pass game and stuff like that, how fast he is, he's the best for sure. Oh, Najee Harris. Eh, wrong, wrong answer. It's Derrick Henry. Damn it. Najee Harris almost had me completely sold, but now I think he's undraftable saying that Saquon Barkley is the best running. He's the second best. I will give him that. He is definitely the second best running back currently in this league. But I mean, folks, we got to get up for Derrick Henry. I mean, Saquon Barkley can't stay healthy. That's a little bit of a knock. We're seeing Derrick Henry get better every single season. So, all righty. Najee Harris doesn't have the big old brain, a great brain. A, uh, 
an intellectual brain, but you know, he's out there to play football. So, <laughs> um, he could do that. So, uh, don't like that answer, but it's a, it's a decent answer. It's not the right answer. All right. Um, all right, let's keep moving on here. All righty. Sammy Watkins <clears throat> hopes to recapture collegiate form with the Ravens quote. I think I'm that guy. Ooh, okay, all righty, Sammy Watkins, but let's see what he did in college because he was an absolute beast there at Clemson here. Uh, first year, already putting up 1,200 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. Second year, took a little bit of a step back, but only played three less games than he did the last season. 700 yards, three touchdowns, but then his last season there in Clemson, his junior year in 2013, back to 1,400 yards, 12 catching touchdowns. So absolutely great career there over at Clemson. But ever since he got in the league, he really hasn't done anything. The first two years at Buffalo, decent. I mean, his first year, 982 yards, six touchdowns. Second year, 1,047 yards, nine touchdowns. Those were some good years, but then he's just been falling off ever since then. 439 yards, 593 yards, 519, 673, 421. So he's never gotten back to that kind of 1,000-yard receiver uh, where he was kind of expected to be out of college. He's played with the the Chiefs the last three seasons, so you would expect kind of a little bit of non-pressure on this man. He's not expected to be kind of their number one wide receiver. They still got Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, so now he's kind of the third option out there receiving-wise, and he's still, you know, decently getting it done. I mean, he had 72% catch percentage with the Chiefs his first year there, and then just last season, 67% catch percentage. I'll give him that. Just not those yards, not those A1 Tier 1 wide receiver yards. Uh, so he's definitely got some potential, some nice short hands here, catching from a good passing quarterback in um, Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, I, I, I've i got no problem with his arm, his accuracy. I think he's a fine passer. So we'll see if uh, Sammy Watkins can get back to his kind of Clemson days. I don't know. It, he really wasn't able to do that in Buffalo in his best years. Um, so I don't really expect it to be here. But he's the deep threat that the Ravens do need. So let's see what this man can do out here. He's been playing kind of in this kind of similar system with the Chiefs. So hopefully there's no kind of big learning curve for his first season with the Chiefs, now with the Ravens. Uh, but... We'll see what he can do. Some nice short hands. I would say that's the best takeaway, the best silver lining that he's had because, I mean, when he was with the Bills, 50% catch percentage, 62, 53, 55 with the Rams and uh, just had the best catch percentages of his career when he was playing with a good, great quarterback of Patrick Mahomes. So we'll see what Lamar Jackson can do with this man. Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. Aaron Rodgers still sees the future with the Packers as, quote, beautiful mystery. Nice little, well, not really nice little quotes, but just some quotes of Aaron Rodgers here. Um, just kind of, well, let's just read it here. Let's just read this. Let me pause this. Um, let's read this here. <clears throat> um, here we go. Just a quote by this man. Um Basically, just kind of like on his contract and all that from last season, nothing really changing. So here we go. Quote, I meant what I said last year about really being at peace with this whole thing, and that hasn't changed. I feel good about the way I played. I feel good about the way I led. I loved our interactions and everything that this show 
provided for me last year when he was on the Pat McAfee show last year. He went and did it again, and that's where this quote comes from. But let's continue here. I think people got a raw look at honest conversation about the future and someone who's not bitter or disappointed or frustrated about things that they realize they cannot control. My future is one of them. I've kind of surrendered to what's going to happen, and I'm just confident in what I bring to the table and how I played last year, and everything else is kind of... uh, uh, kind of for speculation and I'm sure there'll be plenty of it I mean Aaron Rodgers I mean he knows he's no longer the GOAT anymore or knows he can no longer become the GOAT I mean that had to had matchup with Brady I mean that really just solidified it Brady's better Brady is better it's hands down so Aaron Rodgers knows he no longer can be the quote so we're getting all these kind of philosophical (laughs) interspectacle (laughs) introspectacle um (laughs) Um, quotes here and saying he's hosting Jeopardy kind of being above football oh I'm kind of high bro I'm intellectually great so that's where he's trying to make the difference between him and Tom Brady now because it's not on the football field so whatever Aaron Rodgers has to say to make himself feel better we know he's always been a competitor so I'm not sure where these quotes are coming from now oh you know it's out of my control I felt like I did the best I could out there I felt like I did everything I know there's some things I can't control the defensive side of the ball my head coaches all of that Uh, my head coach drafting a quarterback round one of the draft when he damn well knows we needs a playmaker but I can't control any of that so uh, some narrative shifting here by Aaron Rodgers I'm not 100% believing it I know deep down that he 100% believes doesn't believe 100% what he's saying that he's kind of you know at peace with everything Aaron Rodgers he wanted to be the GOAT he had a problem you know uh, with Brett far of that whole exchange kind of learned that from him so I'm not buying that Aaron Rodgers is kind of at peace and you know um believing that you know he's he's uh what do we get to here um my future or what it was he say ham where, where, where was it? I feel good about the way I led. I loved every interaction. I felt good at how I played and all that. I'm not buying it, Aaron. You can't fool me. I'm not buying it. So that's where we get with Aaron. Just kind of walk around quotes because he knows he no longer can be the greatest of all time. So. Okay, keep on moving on here to um, some draft news, some draft information. Is Mac Jones hype out of control? We get a... Um, Somebody from PFF here, a quote, I don't know why Mac Jones is being viewed as a first-round prospect, and I kind of agree a little bit. I mean, I don't think this draft class for quarterbacks is going to be that great. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. I think he's going to be kind of great, actually. And that's really it. I can't really buy anybody else. Justin Fields probably has the second highest potential at the quarterback position in this year's draft, but I'm not buying Mac Jones all that talent. Devontae Smith, Heisman winner, Najee Harris, uh, Jalen Waddle. I mean, that is a stacked offensive roster, and he only played one season for Alabama, and yeah, they, they won games, and they were looking good, but still, at the end of the day, it's only one season it's the COVID season and it's a stacked rockster season for Mac Jones so yes if all those conditions are right and they never are in the NFL so I'm definitely not sold on Mac Jones I think the only team that can kind of make him work is maybe the Patriots just because they've proven that they can take a seventh round talent in Tom Brady and make him into a dynasty a legend the greatest quarterback of all time so if anybody can do it it's the Patriots that's why I really think Mac Jones really should be going only to the Patriots 
Hurts, but I'm not really buying um, Mac Jones here. I'm not buying Zach Wilson too much. I think he can be decent. He may be good. The pro day was good, but it's a pro day. Um, and I'm definitely not buying Trey Lance at all. I'm not liking, I did not really like any, he had a good COVID season. All right, congrats in a very non-great conference. So I'm not really buying all of that. So we'll see how this kind of quarterback draft class goes. I don't think there's that much talent. And I definitely do think Mac Jones is a little overhyped out here. Alrighty, uh, moving on to another Najee Harris quote. He just did a podcast with Adam Schefter. That's where all these quotes are coming from. Um, and it's a great discussion. Definitely listen to it. He seems like a great guy. I think his draft stock definitely kind of rose in my eyes just listening to this man talk. So uh, definitely a great podcast out there uh, with Adam Schefter and Najee Harris. So definitely check that out. <clears throat> Uh, so here we go. Najee Harris on teammate Jalen Waddell, uh, the wide receiver from, obviously, Alabama. So here we go. Quote, he's small, but he's dynamic. He's explosive. Really, really explosive. Closest thing to Tyreek Hill. You got to see him in person, how he plays, how he gets in and out of cuts, how he stops and goes 60 right away. So that's what we were saying. We already watched this man in our NFL draft prospect countdown. We love what Jalen Waddell brings. We definitely compared him to Tyreek Hill. If Najee Harris is saying that he's been seeing him in person, working with him in person, I'm going to take his word for it here. So Jalen Waddle definitely can be explosive in this league. Tyreek Hill works. Uh, let's see if Jalen Waddle can do the same. But Jalen Waddle is going to have to kind of go and play the ball in the air. That's what makes Tyreek Hill so great. It's not that he can just get behind defenses instantly. It's that, you know, if it's tight man coverage or just tight coverage on him, he's going to go up and play the ball like he's 6'1", even though he's like 5'8" out there. So uh, we'll see what Jalen Waddle can do at the next level, but he's got the uh, seal of approval, the stamp of approval by Najee Harris, and I will take that as a great seal there. Um, all right, so we'll see what uh, Jalen Waddle can do in this draft and where he goes. Definitely going to be a first-round pick. Definitely should be top three wide receivers taken. Should go Devontae Smith, uh, Chase, and then Waddle, uh, or, you know, Chase, then Smith, whatever like that. But uh, Waddle, definitely great out here. All right, this just came out today. Uh, here we go. With teams locked into the first three overall picks, the Atlanta Falcons are now receiving trade calls for multiple teams and are, quote, are open to moving out of the number one, out of the number four spot there. So um, Atlanta looking to get out of that number four spot now. Not really sure why they are kind of in a little bit of a rebuild year. Um, you know, new head coach, still kind of same infrastructure offensively with their main core pieces. But uh, I definitely thought that this would be an opportunity for the Falcons to kind of get a nice kind of playmaker, whether wherever they need it, offensively or defensively, whatever the kind of they think the need is there over in Atlanta. But uh, they're going to be looking at trading back and that's not great for the Dolphins and that's why I'm super upset that we traded out of that number three pick because when we kind of look at the draft order also let's look at this real quick as well because it kind of plays into it as well so Atlanta wants to move out of number four and now the Bengals the Bengals executive Duke Tobin on offensive linemen in the 2021 draft, quote, there are guys that will be available in the second, third rounds that have starter grades on them. So now the Bengals, they're not going to be choosing a lineman with their first pick just based on this quote alone. If you're saying, yeah, there's still great talent in the second and third rounds, that's kind of prepping everybody. Hey, we're not taking a lineman Panay Swal at number three or at number five. We're not doing that. So, uh, let's go to the draft order. Do I got that up? Damn. I thought I had that up. Where is that at? Did I beef? Damn it. 
Um, all right, let's just bring it up right here then. Um, NFL draft order. I thought I had it up. All right. So here we go. The draft order now. We all know Jacksonville number one, Jets at number two, San Francisco 49ers traded up to that number three pick. But now we're talking about Atlanta trading back from number four so somebody can come in, get it, one of those great wide receivers or running backs of Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, or Jalen Waddle. So now the, one of those great playmakers is, are off the board at the Falcons trade back. Now the Bengals are interested in kind of a nice playmaker, either running back or wide receiver to kind of help out Joe Burrow a little bit because he wants to get you know offensive linemen later in this draft. So And that leaves the Dolphins at six. So we had our pick of the crop there at number three, and now we're going to have the kind of some picked over leftovers depending on what happens at number four or five so I thought the Falcons were going to take Kyle Pitts at number four but now they're kind of wanting to move back a little bit so maybe they still want Kyle Pitts but know they can get more kind of picks draft draft equity by trading back a little bit so we'll see who trades up but if somebody's going to trade up they're going to get one of those big old playmakers and that's just going to make less options available for the Dolphins so don't like it. Didn't really like trading back, and that is why we see now teams and players are now teams are going to go after the players that the Dolphins wanted. And if Devontae Smith is not there at number six, I will no longer be a Dolphins fan. I told y'all if we traded that pick, I would no longer be a Dolphins fan. We got some decent compensation for it, and we are still potentially eligible to get Devontae Smith. But uh, if we don't get him, definitely done, and we'll go a thousand percent with the Bucks next season. Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. Oh boy, oh boy, love this. Yes, sir, baseball season is upon us. Um, that's not why we love this, but look at this. The Texas Rangers stadium is at full capacity yesterday in the MLB. I love it, seeing all these fans in the stands. I mean, wasn't March Madness kind of a little lackluster without all the fans? I mean, those buzz could you imagine that buzzer beater shot that, ba uh, that guy? Gonzaga hit in the final four. Could you imagine that? But with a full packed house, I mean, that gives you goosebumps. I mean, that would have been fantastic to watch, but not. And same thing with the NFL. We didn't have fans in the stands this season, uh, not even full capacity, not even the Super Bowl was at full capacity. So now things are starting to change a little bit. I like to see it. We know Texas is open 100%, um, and now they've got their uh, stadiums filled 100% as well, and I love it. And we're just kind of looking at it, and I kind of miss it, man. I know everybody's good. I don't want to get into this whole thing, but when you just look at the comments of all these, it's just like, eh. I don't want to get into it, but, um, not a lot of people are happy about it, but I mean, like, folks, are we? Uh, can we all just make our own decisions? Get the vax if you want the vaccination. Don't get it if you don't want it. Go to a game if you want to go. Wear the mask if you still want to wear the mask. Don't wear the mask if you. I, I don't understand what the problem is here. If mask, masks and vaccines are proving to work, there should be no kind of uh, no reason why we can't have full pack stadiums. I mean, I don't get. I mean, this is a great sight to see. I mean, just one season with a bad virus goes around and it changes our entire lives for the worse. I mean, there's no reason why we can't get back to normal if everything's working. The masks have been working. What's the difference? The vaccination is now available to everybody. I think it, today's the day where everybody can get it now. Um, so I, I don't understand why this can't go back to normal. And I don't think the tex Texas has had that bad of a COVID outbreak ever since they went 100%. So, um, 
I said everybody just keep an open mind and let people do what they want. That's We'll just leave it at that. But I love that we're having full stands at sporting events now. It makes it just that much better. It gives you chills. It gives you goosebumps when that big play happens, when that game-sealing run, when that game-sealing three-pointer goes down, when that game-winning um, Hail, Murray, uh, Hail Mary goes down. I mean, folks, like, what are we talking about here? So, love it. Uh, all the comments. We'll just – do I want to read these comments really quickly? Kind of. Some of these are funny. Imagine risking your life to watch the Rangers. That's funny. That is truly funny. Um, but then um, imagine risking getting COVID just to watch the Raiders. I mean, like everybody was saying, like everybody took that joke and just ran with it, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into it, so we won't. Here we go. Let's keep moving on here. All righty, let's go. And this is this is what we're talking about. We just had a buzzer beater last night in the NBA. And could you imagine? Could you imagine the sideline, the court side seats going wild here? So here we go. War, uh, Wizards, Raptors last night. Gary Trent Jr. gets it right here. Gets the uh, defensive rebound. Goes with it. Four seconds left. Maybe a little bit of a push-off, but gets the three-pointer to go. They were down one at this point. They win by two. Gary Trent Jr. already making an impact here for the Raptors. A great pickup by them as well, uh, that Raptors team. But look at this. Could you imagine now? I mean, yeah, this this video is great. This thing is great. But could you imagine, you know, 50,000 roaring fans all at the same time, elevating out of their seats, going crazy. Um, I mean, folks, I miss that so much, so freaking much so let's all relax on what's going on get the vaccine if you're that worried about it uh don't get the vaccine if you're not worried about it it should not make a difference um alrighty so let's uh keep going here Alrighty, and then Damian Lillard, yes sir, he sees what, uh, we get the stat muse on Twitter, kind of uh, tweets out the stats of Gary Trent Jr.'s last four games as the Raptors, putting up 21 points a game, 50% uh, from the field, 51% from the three, just having a great shooting performance, and Damian Lillard kind of shouting him out a little bit, some nice kind of rocking emojis there, because it's just truly unfortunate what happened with Gary Trent Jr. with the Blazers, it's just, you know, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, it's not like they truly need Gary Trent Jr. That's not a knock on Gary Trent Jr. He's a great talent. That's why we're seeing him having success there with the Raptors. But just kind of that trade just made a little bit more, more sense. Norman Powell for Gary Trent Jr. But Damian Lillard is still behind his man over here. So for that, I mean, that just speaks to Damian Lillard's kind of leadership. And I absolutely love it. And uh, he's in the running here for our MVP race. So I'm going to give him a point there. We're kind of keeping track of points here with our candidates of the MVP and sixth man of the year in the NBA. And uh, I'm giving Damian Lillard one point for that great shout-out of his uh, former teammate. He's just a great presence to have. He's a great teammate. He wants to make everybody better. He wants everybody to be successful that he's ever played with or that's on his team. So, Damian Lillard, I'm giving a point because it's just showing true leadership, and I absolutely love it. Alrighty, let's keep going here. Here we go. The last story to talk about. A little bit of a rumor here that's probably bogus, but let's see what we get here. Uh, Andrew Bogut says the the. Andrew Bogut says the Warriors had an offer on the table for Lonzo Ball, and this was the offer, quote, they had an offer for Lonzo Ball, and I think a throw-in and a pick-in for Oubre, and the Warriors turned it down. So basically... 
uh, the Warriors would get Lonzo Ball and the Pelicans would get Kelly Oubre Jr. in a pick and just kind of an extra player just to throw into the mix. Um, but then Kelly Oubre went on Instagram and did the funny meme of SpongeBob inhaling caps saying, hey, that's cap. That's false. What is he talking about out here? So um, we'll see. I mean, Lonzo Ball with Steph Curry wouldn't even work in the first place. I mean, Lonzo Ball is not the greatest kind of pure shooter when you need him to be. Steph Curry can kind of take care of the floor facilitator and be the scorer. So Lonzo Ball, what would he be great out there? Yeah, Kelly Oubre is not doing the greatest out there. But I mean, I don't think Lonzo Ball is better, hands down, better than Kelly Oubre Jr. So I don't think the trade would have made that much of a difference. I don't think the trade would have been that valuable to either club. Um... So, yeah, I don't really understand where this rumor is coming from and Kelly Oubre Jr. saying it's a lie. So, whatever it is, it doesn't matter because it didn't happen and it just doesn't really make that much sense for the trade to be happening anyway. So, and it's just so funny that everybody wants to get rid of Lonzo Ball, but, I mean, people are crying in my video comments on YouTube saying that Lonzo Ball is so great and all this, but, I mean, no team wants him. So, no team made a trade for him at the trade deadline. No, uh, the Warriors didn't kind of say, hey, yeah, you can get Kelly Oubre Jr., get Give us Lonzo. He's so freaking great, right? So, um... I don't know, man. I'm not seeing the big old Lonzo hype. Yeah, he's good. He's average. He's a maybe slightly above average point guard in this league. It's nothing. He doesn't really kind of turn the team around. He's not really doing anything that's really helping out this Pelicans team too much. They're not even in the playoffs right now. I'm not buying him 100%. So, I don't know, man. Um, alrighty, so that is all the stories that we needed to cover for today. Let's uh, head over to uh, March Madness because that just wrapped up last night. So let's put a bow up on top of this. March Madness has officially ended. Congratulations to the Baylor Bears. What a great game. I mean, everybody was loving Gonzaga, us included. I mean, they were looking great. Their offense has just been great all season. So we thought it would carry over to, the, to March Madness, and it did up until last night where they really got off to a very, very poor start. Baylor was in control throughout the tip for the entire game. So uh, Baylor was a lot more physical than them. Uh, Thamba out there just playing absolutely amazing. Donovan Mitchell's brother, um, what was it like Davian Mitchell? I mean, he's going to be fantastic in this league. He got it done as well. So shout out to the Baylor Bears. Uh, shout out to Davian Mitchell. I, I can't wait to watch him in this league. If he's even, he was looking as good as his brother out there last night. So I'll give it for him. Give it up for him. Um, so uh, unfortunately, we did not pick the correct winner out here. We got Gonzaga, but we still win our bracket, folks, with the final points of 94. So you can't beat the host, folks. You cannot beat the host. Uh, shout out to Go Ruckers and HGMF6. Thank you for participating in this. Um, go Rutgers. He kind of got out to a nice good old start there, but kind of floundered in the back end. And then HGMF6 just really, really got no footing anywhere throughout this uh, throughout the March Madness tournament. So we ended up winning with 94 points. Go Rutgers comes in second with 73 and HGMF6 in last place with only 60 points. So uh, this was great. We'll do it again next year. Absolutely. We'll kind of, you know, maybe try to perfect our algorithm a little bit better out here to, to just to do a little bit better overall. But at the end of the day, we chose the final two right. Just unfortunately couldn't get that last solid pick. But we still got the win there. So like we said, we just have to kind of tweak our algorithm just slightly, just a little bit. We'll probably go a little bit more defensive heavy after the first two rounds. I think we'll go offensive heavy for the first and second round and then defensive heavy uh, out through there. So we may have to kind of change our algorithm midway through the selection process. But we've got a year to decide and figure all that out. So we'll learn from this tournament and see what we got for next year.
Um, alrighty, now let's head over to the NBA. We'll quickly break down these games, do the moneymaker for today, and then head over to our NFL draft prospect of the day. So here we go. Let's get into it. Knicks in the Nets, the first game up, and James Harden tried to play. He played uh, like five minutes. What, do you, uh, what is it officially? Four minutes officially. A uh, little bit of hamstring tightness and had to come back out. So we're not going to take off two points there for James Harden or three points there for not playing. We, we will knock off one point from him, though, from this performance. As we said, we are going to kind of – we are – getting into our MVP and six man of the year kind of discussions here. Now that we are kind of officially at the, the, the last third mark of the season, we are officially two thirds of the way into the season last night. And now we're in the back third here. So, we do kind of want to get uh, a firm grasp on the MVP and six man of the year kind of category races. Uh, every time you play, you get a chance of getting five points plus five points or subtracting five points, depending on wins and losses and how you performed and all that. But if you did not play in the game, we subtract three points from you. James Harden tried to play in this game. And the only reason why I'm only going to take off one is because on the play that he went out, he had an assist over to Joe Harris, who cashed in from three. So once again, still being a playmaker out there, just unfortunately the hamstring tightened up a little bit so we will subtract one point from James Harden's total out here uh to four all right but let's get back to this game now here we go Nets and the Knicks the Knicks in control for the entire game but Kyrie Irving gets it done in the clutch and ends up winning the game so he just kind of took over scoring wise 40 points for Kyrie Irving seven assists and two rebounds shot five of 12 from three and 50 percent overall from the field so you know, that's kind of the difference that we see when James Harden's on the floor and when Kyrie Irving's kind of the main man on the floor. James Harden gets it done by getting everybody involved into the game. And Kyrie Irving just kind of, you know, just he, he just does it all himself. Only uh, two play, only two other players in kind of double-digit scoring. Um, not the greatest. James Harden really kind of facilitates the floor a lot more. But uh, he hasn't been out there a while, in a while. So a little unfortunate there. Um, James Harden, like we said, only played four minutes. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge still doing decent out here. Eight points, six rebounds, two assists. Not bad. He was a plus seven in a two-point win, so very well done there. Where Kyrie Irving was a minus five on the floor in a win. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, Jeff Green, great night by him. 23 points, four rebounds. Joe Harris, a great night. 16 points, eight rebounds. He shot 63% in two of three from three. Um, and then what do we get off the bench? Nothing great. Let's shout out Elise uh, uh, Johnson. 12 points and 7 rebounds off the bench. Very well done. Uh, but then we get, you know, Timothy Huawei Cabaret. Only 9 points off the bench. Nothing really truly great. So, Nick Nets are able to kind of squeak out the win over the Knicks. Truly unfortunate. Another close loss for this Knicks team against kind of a top-tier opponent. They cannot close out games. Truly unfortunate. So, let's see where kind of uh, who stepped up and who didn't here for the Knicks. Alfred Payton, the first guy up here, uh, eight points, one assist, one rebound, shot 40%. All righty, nothing great. RJ Barrett, 22 points, four rebounds, four of six from three. Very well done. Nerlens Knoll still here at the five, six points, five rebounds. He was a minus two on the floor in a two-point loss, so not terrible there defensively. Julius Randle, 19 points, 12 assists, 15 rebounds, trying his damnedest out here. Unfortunately, just couldn't get the done. Fell just, just short there. And then Reggie Bullock to round out the starters, 21 points, 2 assists, and 3 rebounds. So decent scoring here by the starters. Your two main guys get it done, RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. And now we have to look to the bench of who didn't really step up too much here. Taj Gibson put up 6 points and 6 rebounds. Good night by him. Derrick Rose, 16 points, 3 assists 
off the bench in 25 minutes. Then we get Demanuel quickly, three points on 25% shooting. Obi Toppin had five points on only three shots. And Alec Burks, six points and six rebounds on two of five shooting. So just unfortunately didn't get kind of that second double-digit score they needed off the bench. Uh, so a little unfortunate here. And just unfortunate that Kyrie Irving just kind of went wild and put up 40 gosh darn points out there. So Nets win closely here, 114-112 over the Knicks. Alrighty, let's go to the Raptors and the Wizards now. We just saw the game-winning shot there by Gary Trent Jr. We can watch it one more time. Greatness here. A little bit of a push-off push potentially. Let's watch it in or let's watch it again here. Should be coming up. Let's go. Here we go. So the nice rebound dribbles up the floor. This is where the push-off is coming a little bit. Extends the hand and sends them flying. Maybe a little bit of, of a flop as well. But at the end of the day, the shot went down. No call is called. And that's the game winner for Gary Trent Jr. So very, very, very well done to Gary Trent Jr. here. Just fitting in right off the rip. So let's start here with the Raptors. Gary Trent Jr. at the starting point guard position here for the Raptors. 16 points, uh, 2 assists, 2 rebounds. No Fred Van Vliet, no Kyle Lowry, no problem, no problem. Uh, DeAndre Bembry, 15 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds. Chris Boucher at the starting center position, 8 points, 5 rebounds. He was a minus 14 on the floor, not great. Gary Trent Jr. was also a minus 17 on the floor, not very great. And then we get Pascal Siakam, 22 points, 5 rebounds, but he was also a minus 20 on the floor in a win, not very good. Um, then we get OG Ananubi to round out the starters at the starting 3 position. 14 points, 6 rebounds on 35% shooting at 1 of 6 from 3. So not the greatest from 3 out here. Only hit 7 of 33, shooting 21% from 3 here. Not the greatest by the Raptors, but hey, the last 3 fell. So at the end of the day, does it even matter? Uh, not really. <laughs> um, all right, and then off the bench here, Malachi Flynn. 16 points, 4 assists, 4 steals, 3 blocks, 6 rebounds. What a game by that man defensively and offensively. Everything well-rounded game for the man, plus 11 on the floor. And then Aaron Baines off the bench as well, 10 points, 8 rebounds, and also a plus 20 on the floor. So very well done by the bench, getting it done. And very well done for Gary Trent Jr. of hitting the game winner. All right, now let's go to the Wizards now. No Bradley Beal, unfortunate, but uh, they were still almost in it. So let's see why. Here we go. Russell Westbrook, 23 points, 11 assists, 14 rebounds. He didn't shoot well, 36% on 25 shots and one of six from three, but he only had a four turnover. So that's what we're talking about, Russell. All righty. Um, decent game here. Truly unfortunate that it did not result in a win. So Russell Westbrook even cuts down on the turnovers, and they still cannot get the win. The man's like, I'm tr I'm, I, I, I do it all. I have a lot of turnovers we win I have not a lot of turnovers and we still lose so I'm gonna still go with the turnovers there so that's why he doesn't clean it up there um, all right Raul Netos uh, fills in for Bradley Beal but does not even look remotely close to what Bradley Beal does out there 14 points four assists two rebounds on 18% shooting oh a four from three Alex Len still at the starting five 13 points eight rebounds good night by him defensively as well a plus 11 Davis Burton's back here in the starting lineup. Like it. 17 points, two steals, two assists, five rebounds, five of eight from three. Love it as well. A plus 12 on the floor. The best plus minus on that Wizards team. So Davis Burton's getting back acclimated to kind of the third best player on this Wizards team. And I'm all about it. Then Denny Avijay. 
Avidajay, uh, 12 points and eight or 12 points and 10 rebounds. So very well done. Now off the bench, Ish Smith is finally back here, 10 points, five rebounds. Garrison Matthews, 17 points off the bench. So not terrible over there overall. There just unfortunately, Gary Trent Jr. hits the game-winning buzzer beater three. That's it. Um, so shout out to the Raptors to get the win 103 101 and now where are the Raptors at uh, in the standings are they finally in the playing tournament they are not still all right uh, game back from that 10th seed the Raptors are currently the 11th seed so we'll see if they can get in that playing tournament Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. The Jazz and the Mavericks now. Mavericks get the win, 111-103 over the Jazz. I think Donovan Mitchell was a little too excited to watch his brother play in the March Madness. So he's like, can we just get this game over before the game tips off here? Alright, so let's start here with the Mavericks. Luka Doncic, a great night by him. 31 points, 8 assists, 9 rebounds, 6 of 11 from 3, and 42% overall. So, great game by him. Josh Richardson, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. They didn't even have Porzingis. And Maxi Kleber puts up 0 points in the starting lineup, 5 rebounds. Nicolo Melli, also in the starting lineup at the starting 4, 0 points on 0 of 7 shooting. But he had 7 rebounds. Overall, not great. He had good defense, but just now scoring there and then uh, Dorian Finney-Smith stepping it up here since nobody else is scoring in the starting lineup 23 points by him four assists and six rebounds so very well done there and now let's go to their bench now Tim Hardaway Jr., 16 points, 5 rebounds, a plus 12 on the floor. Great night by him. Uh, shot 3 of 7 from 3, 46% overall. Not uh, That's pretty good. Pretty good out there. Um, all right, and then Jalen Brunson really picks up the slack as well. 20 points off the bench, 3 assists, 4 rebounds, 4 of 7 from 3, and 53% shooting overall. So the bench really picked up the slack here. Two starters both putting up 0 points. Not great, but they're able to get the win over the Jazz. All right, Tim Hardaway Jr. is in our sixth man of the year discussion. So we give him two points for the win, and we'll give him uh, one more point for production. I mean, he had the highest plus minus on the floor or on the team, so we'll give him that. Um, got outscored by Jalen Brunson, so we're not going to give him any more off the bench. But uh, three solid points here for Tim Hardaway Jr. in our sixth man of the year race. So he goes up to eight points overall. Alrighty, back to the game now. Um, Alright, let's cover the Jazz now and why they lost. Here we go. Nothing really great from the bench, unfortunately. Um, here we go. Mike Connolly, 28.7 assists. Fantastic game from him. 6 of 10 from 3. 61% overall. A magnificent game from him. But Donovan Mitchell, other things on his mind. I think that national championship game got into his head a little bit. Uh, too excited for his brother because he did not show up last night. 16 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. All that's pretty decent, but he was not efficient. 0 of 8 from 3 and 6 of 23 from the field, 26%. So nothing really great there. Not efficient. Decent stat line all in all. Rudy Gobert doing classic Rudy Gobert things. 14 points, 15 rebounds on 100% shooting. Classic. Uh, Bohan Bogdanovich, 16 points, 4 rebounds. Great night by him. And then Royce O'Neal at the starting 3. 2 points on 0 of 8 from 3. Not great. Uh, so, a little lackluster there. Then their bench. Only Jordan Clarkson really kind of got it done for them. Classic. Uh, 16 points, 4 Rebounds off the bench. He didn't shoot well from three, two of nine, uh, 46% overall. So 
a little unfortunate by him. Um, and then Joe Ingles, only three points. Derek Favors, only two points. And George's Nyang, only six points off the bench. So they didn't get that great bench production that they that the uh, the Mavericks got. And just a little lackluster by everybody involved in the scoring department offensively for the starters. So... Uh, Jordan Clarkson also in our six man of the year discussion. So he's at minus two for a loss and his scoring production out there wasn't the best. He was a minus 14 on the floor. The second worst uh, shot two of nine from three. That's where he really needs to get it going. No assist, not getting everybody else involved in the floor. So we'll leave him at minus two points for his game last night. So he goes down to five points. Uh, so Tim Hardaway Jr. is in the clear cut lead with eight points so far. And we're doing this every single game uh, for the rest of the season. So uh, we're not going to kind of, you know, keep moving them around for a second and third. We'll just kind of, you know, look at it. We'll just we'll just look at it and visualize it. Um, all right, let's keep going here. Uh, so that was Mavericks and the Jazz. So now let's head over to the Timberwolves and the Kings. Timberwolves get it done. D'Angelo Russell first game back, folks, coming off the bench. And he had a pretty good night. So now I'm back in on this Timberwolves team. We can start buying some Timberwolves stock a little bit. We can start betting them in our moneymakers a little bit more confidently out here because they are getting their player back. So, all righty. D'Angelo Russell still coming off the bench, though, because, you know, going to get him acclimated a little bit more here. Um, I'm assuming next game Ricky Rubio will be coming off the bench and D'Angelo Russell will be in the starting rotation. But this is their starting rotation from last night. Ricky Rubio at the 1, Anthony Edwards at the 2, Josh Okuji at the 3, Jaden McDaniels at the 4, and Carl Anthony Towns at the 5. Here we go. Ricky Rubio, 4 points, 5 assists, uh, 1 of 5 from the field and 0 of 3 from 3. So not the greatest out there, minus 3 on the floor as well. Anthony Edwards, pretty decent game out here. Um, 19 points, 5 assists, 2 steals, 8 rebounds. Shot 3 of 10 from 3 and only 33% overall from the field. So not too efficient out there, but everything else uh, everything else is great. He was a plus 15 also on the floor. Very well done defensively. Uh, that's what we're talking about. Then we get Carl Anthony Towns, 23 points, 5 assists, 13 rebounds. Doing it all, 2 of 3 from 3, 44% overall from the field. Great night. Jaden McDaniels, little lackluster, four points, five rebounds. Josh Okuji, six points on only uh, on only three shots. Only took three shots at uh, 66%. So overall, not bad there. But then off the bench, D'Angelo Russell, baby. Yes, sir. Picking up where he left off, 25 points. Led the team scoring. Uh, three assists, five rebounds. He shot 36% overall, but four of seven from three. So not terrible overall. A great night for his first game back, basically missing the entire season so far. So now this is what we're talking about. Now this is a good game because this starting lineup of D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, that's the big three that you need. And now, you know, the bench still getting it done here. Uh, um, Wancho Hernana Gomez, 17 points, nine rebounds off the bench. Naz Reed, 10 points, seven rebounds off the bench. So you put D'Angelo Russell in that starting rotation. Ricky Rubio comes down to the bench. That's a great facilitator for all these other players that just proven that they can put up points offensively off the bench. So this is I'm I'm excited to watch this Timberwolves team back, folks. This is a new Timberwolves team, just kind of like it's a new Rockets team as well. We'll 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 talk about them when we get to that game as well. But uh, we can this isn't you know the trash Timberwolves team anymore. We'll see how they get see how they do if they can kind of continue winning games with D'Angelo Russell here, but. I think they can. Alrighty, here we go. Now let's talk about the Kings. Um, unfortunate loss here for them. 
De'Aaron Fox did his thing. 31 points, 9 assists, 2 steals, 6 rebounds on 2 of 4 from 3 and 50% overall from the field. So very well done by him. Tyrese Halliburton, 9 points, 7 7 assists, 2 rebounds, shot 44%. Raquan Holmes still at the starting five, 11.6 rebounds. Harrison Barnes had a great game, 21 points, 12 rebounds on 64% shooting. And then Buddy Heald, 18 points, 7 rebounds on 6 of 16 from 3. It's a lot of threes, but uh, 18 points, hitting 6, 37%. I think we'll give it to him a little bit. So Buddy Heald knows he loves the threes, and he really fell in love with them, taking 16. So just unfortunately, uh, the starters kind of all got it done. Very well done scoring-wise there, but the bench, a little lackluster from last night. The highest scoring bench player was Hassan Whiteside with 7 points and 5 rebounds. So we'll see him starting to get a little bit more acclimated here. He's missed the last couple, or he's missed, I think, a lot of the season here. Um, Where can we see that? How many games he played so far? He's only played 29 games. So Hassan Whiteside, you know, getting him a little bit back, more um, acclimated into the lineup coming off the bench, that's another great big for them. So uh, they should be good now that he's back, getting a a little bit more minutes. Definitely needs more minutes than 13, but just getting back into the rhythm. But uh, very well done for the Timberwolves to get back on track here with a nice win with D'Angelo Russell back. Alrighty, let's go to the Pistons in the Thunder now. Pistons just absolutely blowing out the Thunder, 132-108. So let's start here with the Pistons. Just great scoring night all around by everybody here. So let's start here with the starters. Uh, Saban Lee, 8 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. Josh Jackson, Jackson, 14 points, 5 rebounds. Isaiah Stewart, 12 points, 6 rebounds. Six rebounds. Jeremy Grant led the team in scoring. 21 points, five assists, five rebounds. Great night by him. He shot 46% from the field. And then Sadiq Bey, little lackluster, 10 points. So I'll give him that, the double-digit points. That's what we're talking about. Uh, three rebounds, but not truly too efficient. Three, 37% from the field, one of four from three. But their bench steps it up. Everybody doing great. Everybody in basically scoring nine or more points here for this game. Uh, so here we go. Off the bench, Hamadio Diallo, 11 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Uh, Killian Hayes, 9.7 assists, 4 steals. Great night. Uh, Sekuo uh, du- Dumbayu, Dumbaya, 14 points, 2 steal, or two assists, 3 rebounds. Tyler Cook, 9 points. Frank Jackson, 10 points. And uh, Davidas Servitas. Five points also. So just everybody scoring here. Everybody getting involved here for the Pistons. Too much for the OKC Thunder without um, Dort and Shea Gills-Alexander. So no reason why we would think this Thunder team would win. They got decent production kind of from everybody. So not terrible over here. Some nice decent people stepping up here. Uh, Theo Melendon, 14.6 rebounds on 41% shooting. Savi... Um, Mick, Mikaluka, I don't know, man, I always butcher that man's name, uh, 17 points, 4 steals, 2 assists, 3 rebounds, actually, instead of just, can I find out this man's production, his pronunciation, Savik, let's get this into, like, Google Translate or something, let me listen to it, feel bad mispronouncing this man's name every single day, uh, so here we go, let's see what we get, uh, just need to listen to it. Uh, 
Makailuk. Makai oh, that's easy. Savim Makailuk. Oh, interesting. All right. It's as simple as that, folks. You just got to plug it into the old Google Translate. Um, all right. So, Savim Maluk. I say that again? I say that right? Makailuk. Makailuk. All right. Savim Makailuk. Let's get back to him. All right. Savim Makailuk, 17 points. Great night. Uh, actually led the team in scoring, so very well done. Or second. Uh, oh, Jesus. We got to do this one as well. Um, oh my God, Alexej Pukasvetsky, Pukasvetsky, Pukasvetsky. All right, uh, Alex, Alexej Pukasvetsky. He led the team in scoring with 19 points. So shout out to those two players. Uh, just unfortunately, I mean, lackluster all around. Pistons got it done. Let's let's move on. But uh, we'll try to pronounce those team those two players' names correctly from here on out. Um, let's go to Cavs and the Spurs now. Cavs offense gets it done because Darius Garland had an absolutely great night here. Still no Jared Allen, but Kevin Love steps up and has a decent game overall. But let's start here with the guards of the Cavs. Colin Sexton, 22 points, 5 assists, great night. Darius Garland, better night, 37 points, 7 assists, shot even better, 50% from 3, 5 of 10, and 63% overall from the field. Kevin Love, 9 points, 2 steals, 3 assists, 8 rebounds. Overall, a decent night by that man. We'll give it up for him, plus 18 on the floor. Uh, Dean Wade, 4 points, 3 assists, 7 rebounds, and Isaac Okuru, 11 points. Then off the bench, they got some nice, great performances as well. Isaiah Hartenstein, 16 points, 12 rebounds, and then Teron Prince, 14.7 rebounds as well. So nicely well done, getting a win without Jared Allen. Darius Garland steps it up, plays very well, and they're able to beat this Spurs team. That's what, folks, we're talking about. I mean, uh, there's no way, there's no reason why this Spurs team should be losing against the Cavs, man. That's why I don't know. This, this Spurs team is just super unappealing to me uninspiring they don't win they barely lose um or no they they barely win games that they should they lose games that they shouldn't it's just you know all in all nothing truly great on this team uh DeMar DeRozan led the team in scoring with 20 points uh he also had four rebounds and two assists to go along with that Keldon Johnson, 13 points, 10 rebounds great night Jacob Podol, 9 points 5 rebounds minus 14 on the floor Luka Semanic, 8 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. Derek White, 13 points, 6 assists. Nothing truly great out there. And then off the bench, I mean, just Rudy Gay, once again, stepping it up, 13 points. But that's really it. Only 2 rebounds, 1 assist. So nothing truly great on this team scoring-wise. There's nobody that I kind of want to demand the ball. It's just basically DeMar DeRozan because he's basically the only superstar on this team, all-star on this team. There's just nothing great by the Spurs team. So... Well done by the Cavs. Darius Garland has a great performance. And then that brings us to the last game of the night, the Suns and the Rockets. Uh, so before we get into the stats, I kind of want to show off this kind of last couple of seconds here for the Rockets. Uh, so here we go. Rockets are down 129-123, six-point deficit with 46 seconds left in the game. So just kind of want to watch the final couple of sequences here. So here we go. Uh, nice little steal there by Kelly Olenek, a great pickup. He's been so freaking great. And then he cashes out for three. So he makes it a three-point game. 
with 41 seconds left. Kelly Olenek getting it done. And now with two seconds left, Rockets are down by three still. 133 to 130. And this is kind of what we say. Why have the full court inbound? I hate it. You never get a shot off. You don't even get to corral the ball. So that's what the Rockets do. They try to do a full court inbound pass with two seconds left to try to get it to Kelly Olenek. They don't even get a shot off because Kelly Olenek can't even get the ball because it's a full court pass. Uh, you know how we feel about that. Just inbound it and get a shot off. Let's at least get a shot off. I want a shot off to try to tie the game. These full court passes never work. You can never connect because they're playing the defense there in the backcourt. Um, so a little disappointed there, but Kelly Olenek, absolutely huge for this t Rockets team. And if John Wall is starting to play more consistently here for the Rockets, we could start buying into them a little bit more, but we need John Wall out there. Uh, we'll get to this Rockets team because I'm truly impressed by how well they've kind of turned it around ever since that kind of trade deadline and they got Christian Wood back. They're starting to kind of get back on track a little bit. It's a little bit too little too late because they're way out of the of the kind of play-in tournament. Um, currently at the 14th seed in the West with only 13 wins. They have to get 10 more wins to try and compete with the Warriors at number 10 with 23 wins so definitely don't think don't think they'll be in the playing tournament but like the way that kind of, they kind of are turning around their season uh so let's start here with the suns Chris Paul, 19 points, 11 assists, 5 rebounds. He shot 3 of 5 from 3 in 66% overall from the field. Fantastic work. Chris Paul is just having an unbelievable last two seasons. I love it. Uh, Devin Booker still getting it on 36 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds, 6 of 8 from 3. Wonderful. DeAndre Ayton, 27 points, 11 rebounds. I mean, this main 3 right here, I mean, folks, it's fantastic. And then we add Jay Crowder into the mix, 11 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. And McCall Bridges getting 20 points. 3 assists on 4 of 6 from 3 and 58% overall. So some great shooting performances here by the Stars here. And then the bench, a little lackluster, but Cameron Johnson steps it up, 12 points and 4 rebounds. So they have the bench to do so. I mean, that's what we're saying. I mean, we're seeing hit and miss here off the bench. I mean, look at this. Cameron Johnson, 12 points, but then the second highest bench score was Javon Carter with 3. Cameron Payne had 2 points. Uh, Torrey Craig had 2 points. Dario Sarek only had 1 point on 6 shots. I mean, so that's kind of you know the disparity we're talking about when we talk about the Suns but luckily for them they have an amazing starting lineup that can get it done they're kind of like the Nuggets man Nuggets have a worse bench than the Suns do the Nuggets don't really have you know four scoring options to get you 10 plus points off the bench like the Suns do but they do both have great starting lineups that can just win you the game based on their starting lineup alone and that's kind of what the Suns did last night all right, now let's go to the Rockets now. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. filling in for the injured John Wall, and he had a pretty great night. What a wonderful pickup here for Kevin Porter Jr. for this Rockets team. 20 points, 8 assists, 9 rebounds on 50% shooting. We'll take it. A a Avery Bradley, he was a plus in the plus minus, so I'll give him that in a nice you know 133 to 130 loss, uh, but he only had six points, three assists, four rebounds, but his defense got it done. Christian Wood, 23 big all points there. He took the most shots of the entire team where, you know, this is basically his team now since everybody's gone, uh, but, you know, 23 points, we'll give it to him. Leading score for the squad. Only three rebounds, though. Definitely got to get that up a little bit. Kelly Olenek in the starting lineup at the starting four, having great success here for this squad. A lot better than what he was kind of playing with in that starting lineup with Miami. It just never worked for him, but here with the Rockets, it's wonderful. 
Michael. 21 points, 4 rebounds. Uh, he shot 87%, 3 of 3 from 3. So Kelly Olenek is truly fitting in great here. Deshaun Tate, 18 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds. He shot 58%, 3 of 5 from 3. So truly a kind of a good night here by this Rockets team. And that's what we're talking about. When John Wall gets into the starting lineup, you put maybe Avery Bradley coming off the bench, Kevin Porter uh, Jr., maybe move or keep him at the 1 because he's having great success. Maybe move John Wall to the 2 or, you know, flip-flop him. It shouldn't. I hope it doesn't matter that much. But, I mean, this is a good I, – I would rock with this team, folks. And then you have Sterling Brown coming off the bench. We've seen him kind of, kind of be in the starting lineup, not really getting it done, but he gets it done off the bench. So, great bench production from Sterling Brown, 16 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds on 87% shooting, 3 of 3 from 3, magnificent. Kenyon Martin off the bench, 13 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. DJ Augustine off the bench, 11 points, 6 assists. So this is a decent Rockets team. I know that, you know, with when they had Victor Lodipo and John Wall and Christian Wood was injured, it was really very bad. It was a very bad team. They didn't know what they were. They didn't know who's going to play on a consistent basis because Victor Lodipo rarely played. John Wall was rarely playing as well. But uh, now that the trade deadline is over, they know what their team is. Everybody's stepping up, and I love this Rockets team. So we'll keep an eye on them. Just want John Wall to start playing a little bit more for them. Also, they lost Daniel House Jr. the other night, and they're still kind of, you know, decent. I mean, they just challenged the Suns and almost won it. So I got to give it up for this uh, Rockets team. Alrighty, that is the NBA from last night. Uh, let's see what we got on tap for today, and then we'll go over to our moneymaker to see what the value is. So here we go. This is what we got on tonight. Also, we got uh, primetime nationally televised games because March Madness is over. So fantastic. But uh, this is what we got on tap for tonight. Timberwolves, Pacers, Wizards, Magic, Knicks, Celtics, Nets, Pelicans. Ooh, that's going to be a great one. We'll see if James Harden is good to go, and we'll see if Zion and Brandon Ingram are good to go for the uh, Pelicans. Uh, Rockets, Mavericks. All righty, let's see. Can John Wall play in the second of a back-to-back? -back? Please, please. Um, Hawks, Grizzlies, Thunder, Hornets, Nuggets, Spurs, Suns, Jazz. That's the late game on ESPN. I think I forgot to mention Nets, Pelicans. That's the 7:30 game on ESPN. So going to be a great night of nationally televised basketball. Some nice, great teams out here all competing. Love it. Alrighty, let's get these lines refreshed. We only had a little lone moneymaker. We only had one teamer going into last night, and it was Jazz minus four and a half, and they couldn't even hit that. Damn y'all. Damn y'all. Um, so didn't really find too much value last night. That's why we only had the one pick. So let's see if we get anything better for tonight. All right, so let's update these lines. Ooh, we are aware that users are unable to place bets at this time. We appreciate your patience and apologize for the disruption. You better apologize. We just saw it two days ago. We were this close of clicking on, um, who was it? Um, Hawks. Hawks plus one against the Warriors the other night, the game they won by six on, and uh, they wiped away the value. They took it away. So we know, you know, value can come and go just like this. So if we can't be placing bets out here, we got a little bit of a problem. All right, but let's see here. Here we go. First game up, Bulls, Pacers, and it's a minus one, plus one spread. Bulls minus one, Pacers plus one. Bulls just got their first win under the belt, so I think we're going to be taking the Bulls here, but let's see if everybody's going to go for the Bulls. Da oh, damn it. Garrett Temple's out. Daniel Tice is also out, and Kobe White's a game-time decision. So if Kobe White's there, that's good. Having Daniel Tice off the bench was a decent production from him in their kind of win the other night. 
All right, for the Pacers, Jeremy Lamb, game time decision. Malcolm Brogdon is a game time decision. And Debata Sabonis is also a game time decision. A little interesting there. But we're going to rock with this Bulls team. Now that they got their first win with their new team, with Vucevic and Thaddeus Young and um, Zach Levine all in the starting lineup, I'm ready to rock with this Bulls team now, baby. I love this Bulls team. And the Pacers show us nothing. They show us nothing. I don't even think they have one quality win all season long, folks. I truly don't. Their last good win was against the Spurs. It's it's an overtime win. It's against the Spurs. They're always up and down. What's their? These are their last couple of wins. The Mavericks. I'll give them that one. That's a good win. They beat the Heat twice, but I think that was without uh, Jimmy Butler and some of them. Um, they beat the Suns. Hang on. What? When they beat the Suns? That was Karis LeVert's best game. Alrighty, I'll give them that one. I'll give them the Suns win. Alrighty. But either way, I'm not buying this Pacers team. I don't think they're that great. I don't think they're that consistent. They don't show me anything. They don't have that superstar that can take over the game and drop 40 if they need to. So I'm not a big fan of this Pacers team. So we'll take the Bulls minus one. Alrighty, then we get the 76ers and the Celtics. 76ers minus two, Celtics plus two. Alright, interesting. Let's see if... Uh, Joel Embiid is good to go here. He is fantastic. Just George Hill out for the 76ers. And for the Celtics, Tristan Thompson is out. And Evan Fournier, he's out with COVID-19. Oh, no. That's not good. Um, so, I mean, we're going to take the 76ers minus two. The, um, the uh, Look, I like um, Grant Williams for the Celtics team. But, come on. Against Joel Embiid, it's going to be a nightmare. They don't have Tristan Thompson to kind of fill in and help out on that beef down low. They don't have Daniel Tice anymore, obviously. So, the Celtics are are going to be a little lackluster in the big department. They're also going to be a little lackluster in the outside scoring department now that Evan Fournier is also out. So the Celtics team, they're not going to be deep. They're going to have no bench. I'm going to rely on the 76ers team to score, and I'm going to have to re if the Celtics want to win, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to have to combine for like 80 points. So don't see that happening. 76ers minus two. The Celtics team, when they got Evan Fournier, I've got no problem taking them, but now they are lackluster. They are not deep in the scoring department. So we'll take the 76ers minus two some good value here I think already with these first two games up all right let's keep going here Lakers and the Raptors Lakers minus one Raptors plus one all righty LeBron James still out we know that Anthony Davis out Andre Drummond a game time decision all righty let's see if we get any more information on him because that is going to kind of determine whether we take this Lakers team or not um all right what do we get here any news on our man Andre, 100-round drum on me, drumming? Um, Fred Van Vliet is still out. He is still out tonight, unfortunately. All righty. Serge Ibaka is still out. P.J. Tucker is still out. Patrick Beverly is questionable, so maybe he comes back. Mm, not seeing any thing on where's our man at Andre Drummond no news on Andre Drummond alrighty well, I guess we'll have to stick to uh, game time decision for him so let's get back to this so just Andre Drummond game time decision 
for the Lakers. And then for the Raptors, Kyle Lowry is still out. Rodney Hood is still out. Fred Van Vliet is still out. Paul Watson is out. And Patrick McCaw is out. So we're going to stay away from this one. Uh, don't like betting the Lakers without, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And this Raptors team, yeah, they just won last night on a buzzer beater. Close. And it's a back-to-back. So we'll stay away from it. We got some other great value already. So we don't have to kind of force anything in here. All right, let's keep it up to the Pelicans and the Hawks. Now Pelicans plus three and a half, Hawks minus three and a half. Going to be a great one here. Um, hang on, I thought the – did I read the wrong schedule here for the NBA? I was on Wednesday. I was like, hang on. All right, so – all right. Well, the nationally televised games are the 76ers and the Celtics and the Bucks and the Warriors. All right, so we – Called that all wrong. I was on the wrong date, unfortunately, so disregard that. But let's get back to here to the moneymaker here, the Pelicans and the Hawks. Pelicans plus three and a half, Hawks minus three and a half. For the Pelicans, Steven Adams, a game time decision. Josh Hart is still out. Brandon Ingram, a game time decision. Nikhil Alexander Walker is out. And Zion Williamson, still a game time decision. For the Hawks, Chris Dunn is out. Cam Reddish is out. And John Collins is out. So. Alrighty, I'm expecting this Pelicans team to kind of get back some of their players. We just saw Alonzo finally getting back. Brandon Ingram, Zion still both game time decisions. So uh, did we get anything concrete on them when we looked here? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> Alrighty, well, we're going to stay away from this one as well. I want to see how this Pelicans team can do. Um... We'll see if all their players are good to go. And let's see if this kind of Hawks team can keep it up. They're on a three-game winning streak, winning every single game that Lou Williams has been there. So we'll see if they can keep it up to, uh, tonight against the Pelicans. But we'll, still, we'll stay away from this spread. No great value either way. Alrighty, then we get Grizzlies in the Heat. Ooh, this is going to be a great game too. Alright, let's see who's in and out here. Grizzlies plus 5, Heat minus 5. Out for the Grizzlies, Brandon Clark is a game time decision. Justice Winslow is out and Jaron Jackson is still out. And then for the Heat, just game Vincent is a game time decision. So, this Grizzlies team, a game above 500. Look for them to kind of go to 500 tonight. I'm going to take the Heat here, man. They're just so freaking great. And you know what we say, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, that's all we need to see. Let's see if kind of Victor Oladipo can do a little bit better than his last game. But this Heat team on a four-game winning streak, they get it done. Can't trust the Grizzlies too much. Heat at home, minus five, got no problem taking them. Alrighty, let's keep going here. Pistons and the Nuggets. Pistons plus 12.5, Nuggets minus 12.5. Alrighty, Rodney Magruder out for the Pistons, and then for the Nuggets, ooh, Jamal Murray, game time decision. So we're going to stay away from this one. Nuggets should have no trouble winning this game. Not going to take this the spread here. We just saw the Pistons put up 130 points last night, and it looked decent. Um, everybody kind of got it done for their squad, so... We'll stay away from this game because of, of the spread, but the Nuggets are undefeated with Aaron Gordon ever since that, so uh, I would expect them to just win the game. Alrighty, then we get the Bucks and the Warriors. Bucks minus six and a half. Warriors plus six and a half. Yikes. Alrighty, PJ Tucker is out for the Bucks, and Giannis is a game time decision. And then for the Warriors, it's just uh, uh, Eric Poshkel is still out. So we are going to uh, take Bucks minus six and a half. I mean, this Warriors team is truly not good. They're going to have nobody to lock up Giannis down low. It's just not going to be there. Now, the Warriors do have the 
outside shooting to kind of beat the Bucks, but I mean, nobody's stepping up and they have no bench. That bench is absolutely very, very lackluster. We get the Bucks here. The beef is going to be too big for them. Steph Curry is going to have to do it all, but we'll swallow the six and a half here for the Bucks. Um, I mean, I, I just try, I mean, they're three point shooting the box. It's a little hit and miss, but ever since Drew Holiday's been kind of back here in the starting lineup, they've been getting it done consistently. He just got paid. He's ready to rock. And this Warriors team is just floundering and we're seeing fake stories and Kelly Oubre Jr. Going on Instagram saying that they're lies and, uh, Steph Curry after every single game saying like, Hey, I hope this stinks cause y'all are fucking trash and I'm the only good one here. And we're still losing. So bucks minus six and a half can't trust this. Warriors team will choose the box here and then the last game of the night the Blazers and the Clippers ooh, ooh, ooh. is this one on TV what's the late game on TV tonight damn Bucks Warriors I really kind of wish it was Blazers Clippers honestly um better matchup there Warriors I'm I, I like Steph Curry don't get us wrong but gosh darn I mean can they win some games here against some good teams uh, but here we go. Blazers, Clippers, Blazers plus five and a half. War, uh, Clippers minus five and a half. Yusuf Nurchich is out for the Blazers. Tough there. Derek Jones Jr. is a game time decision. Um, and then for the Clippers, Patrick Beverly is a game time decision. So maybe he's back his first game. Sergi Baca is still out. Demarcus Cousins a game time decision. We just saw him sign that ten day contract. So we'll see if he's good to go. I mean, it's a ten day contract, so you got no time to waste. Demarcus, get out there. So he probably does play. I like the Blazers here, but Nurchich being out is going to keep us away from it. We'll see how Damian Lillard does. He needs to win this game to kind of elevate his um, MVP status a little bit more. So we'll stay away from this one. I am very tempted on taking the Blazers, but we'll still away we'll stay away from it because the Clippers have kind of been beating uh, the best teams in this league so far. Um, so I got to give up to them. They just blew out the uh, the Lakers. Obviously, you know, nothing great there, but they still blew them out. And then they just beat the Bucs uh, just kind of recently. They did lose against the Nuggets, which isn't good, but uh, they do kind of elevate their play, and everybody comes to play when they face kind of the better teams here. Blazers are uh, one of those better teams, but uh, we got a nice little moneymaker here, and I'll stay away from the Blazers minus 5.5, even though I really want to take it. Um, but here we go, our moneymaker for tonight. Bulls minus 1, 76ers minus 2, Heat minus 5, and the Bucks minus 6. And a half swallowing all the points tonight. Alrighty, that is gonna do it for us tonight. Uh, you know what? Let's. Uh... Yeah, let's squeeze them in here. Let's get them in here. Here we go. Tyson Campbell. Let's head over to our NFL draft prospect of the day. Tyson Campbell's who we're going to be looking at. Nice safety from Georgia. So we'll look at the stats and watch some film on this man to see how we're truly loving this man. Should our teams be drafting this player here? So let's see. Here we go. Tyson Campbell. Safety from Georgia. 6'2", 185. Great frame. Great build for a safety. Love it. Three years at Georgia already, starting in 2018 for for his freshman year. 45 total tackles, no interceptions, one pass defense, two fumble recoveries, a touchdown, and a forced fumble. So decent there. Not liking the no interceptions. The one pass defense is a little light. Uh, maybe they're just not testing him over there. All right, then 2019. Let's see if he gets a little bit better here. Only played seven games, so played half the games there. Not great. A uh, little injury there. Um, 15 total tackles, one sack, no interception still, 
or no, yeah, still no interceptions, four pass defenses, one fumble recovery, and one touchdown. So this man, hey, scoop and score. He did it two straight seasons. Love it. And then that brings us to this season. Uh, Ten games played, 29 total tackles, one interception, finally got his pick. Five pass defenses. Yes, sir. Do not be testing this man. No fumble recoveries and no, no forced fumbles. So, do not have a scoop and score touchdown here in 2020. So, alrighty. Stats are not terrible out here. Uh, got to a bowl game every single season. So, let's see how, see how he fared in these bowl games. We we judge bowl games very high because you have a month to prepare for them. And you're usually facing a kind of decent opponent unlike all season where, you know, you get garbage defenses because it's college. Uh, so let's see here. Um, the uh, SEC championship game against Georgia or against Alabama, they end up losing, so not great there. Um, one tackle, no interception, no pass defense, no forced fumble, no fumble recovery. Alrighty, the defense also gave up 35 points against Alabama. And then they get into the bowl game against Texas. They lose again. Not great. He had two total tackles, no interceptions, no pass defenses, no fumble recoveries, no forced fumbles. And they give up 28 points. So not great there. They gave up eight points in the fourth quarter. Georgia really just not even looking good in this game. Uh, down 28-7, to put up 14 points in the fourth quarter, just couldn't get it done. So not a great outing here by Taysen Campbell defensively. Let's see if he can get a little bit better here in 2019. All right, 2019, bowl game against LSU. Is this the bowl game or the championship game? No, championship game. All righty. SEC championship game against uh, LSU. One tackle, they lose. Not great. He only had one tackle, no forced fumble, no interception, no pass defense, nothing. And they give up 37 points. Not great. So, alrighty, this defense of Georgia not taking care of business in the bowl games. Tyson Campbell having no really great production there in the bowl games. And that leads us to 2020. Let's see what he did this season. Alrighty, against Missouri. They finally get a win here. This is a Peach Bowl. Um, alrighty. Alrighty, in the Peach Bowl, they get the win. Finally winning a bowl game. Three tackles, and he has the pass defense. No interceptions, but still doing something on the defensive end of the ball. They only give up 21 points in Cincinnati. No points allowed in the fourth quarter to allow the offense to come back offensively, putting up 14 points in the fourth quarter. So, alrighty, finally something decent there defensively. But overall, nothing truly great screaming at us by Tyson Campbell in the kind of just a stat department and kind of you know their schedule wise but let's see if he can kind of win us over here in the highlights we get a nice little highlight package from him a nice little three my three minute highlight package so we'll watch that and if we're still not kind of sold on this man we've got his game against Alabama where he faced that stacked offensive roster of Jalen Waddle Devontae Smith Najee Harris so we'll see kind of how he stacks up against kind of a very, very good, talented offensive roster, and kind of just watch how he plays in this game, this one game alone against the the one of the highest opponents, highest uh, highest offensive threat weapons that he's probably faced all uh, his entire career there in uh, Georgia. So let's start here with the highlights and see how this man's looking. Here we go. Alrighty, there he is, uh, highlighted for us right there. 
Alrighty, very well done. Here he is. Just kind of plays this man. He sees it's a comeback route. And then look at this man. He's watching. He's covering his man very well. and But he's also keeping his eyes on the quarterback here. He sees the quarterback's going to this other guy here. And he reads it, comes off of his own man, makes the pick. Let's see what he can do speed-wise. I'm loving the speed. Yes, sir. Is he going to get caught? Is he going to go all the way? Gets caught, but some nice speed out there. So everything's looking great here. Playing the eyes of the quarterback to perfection for the pick. Very well done. Alrighty, here we go. Makes a big old hit there. Forces the fumble here. Alrighty. Probably the whistle should have been blown a little bit, maybe right there. But the fumble, he makes the ball come loose. He scoops it up. And look at this speed once again. Ooh, screened by the ref a little bit. Not great there. Uh, quarterback, last line of defense, screened by the ref. But Taysom Campbell takes it all the way to the house. Some nice speed here. Some great ability ripping the ball out. Was he the second one to come to this tackle? Let's see. Who's the first one to get to this tackle? Yeah, so he, well, he made the first hit. And then stripped the ball loose. So I love it. Still getting with it. Never quitting on a play. Did not hear the whistle. Still try to strip the ball out. Now that he know that the kind of the reinforcements came there. And just kind of poked the ball free. Fantastic work. We'll take it. Alrighty. Here we go on the goal line. Yes, sir. Let's see this shut down. Oh, yes, yes, third and goal from the three-yard line. He's got man coverage on this wide receiver. Here we go. A little bit of a jet fake, but it's a pass back right to this wide receiver that he kind of had to keep up speed with, and he goes and makes a tackle for maybe only a half a yard gain there. No touchdown. Probably has to force him to a field goal. Uh, depending on what the game situation is. But either way, it's great tackle right here. Surefire tackle. Watch this man get free. Right it all the way. Stayed with him. The speed is there. He's got some nice coverage speed. We love it. Very well done. It's great. I mean, it brings up fourth and goal. Getting it done. Not allowing anything. It's one-on-one -on -one coverage. If he gets beat, that's a touchdown. But he stays with it. A fantastic play right here against Auburn on the goal line. All right, here we go against Alabama, against the stacked roster of Alabama. Let's see what he can do. Devontae Smith coming across. Oh, no, that's not Devontae Smith. Who is that? Whoever it is just comes over the middle, seems to have the catch, but he breaks it up. So those hands after kind of that initial catch or kind of almost catching process, he's able to get his own hands in there and knock balls free, force fumbles, never giving up on the play. All righty, here we go. Uh, what's up next against Missouri? Just kind of an end sweep. He gets there, stretches the field, and it goes for a no-yard gain. Yes, sir. Let's watch it one more time here. Yeah, just, I mean, he's kind of getting blocked a little bit here, but uh, receiver runs right into him, comes off the block, brings him down, no yard gain, fourth down, come off the field, yes, sir. All right, here we go, highlighted right here. Playing the screen perfectly. Playing the screen absolutely magnificently. Here it is. Look at the play recognition for the man. Receiver's just going to take two steps up. Come right back for the screen. He plays it very well. Stays right with them. Breaks the ball up. Incomplete pass on the screens. Love it. All righty. Winning us over a little bit here. All right. At the top of the screen. Highlighted. Taking the shot one-on-one. -on -one, plays it beautifully. Knocks it out. Plays the ball. Is looking back at it. Right there. Playing the ball. You can clearly see. Right on the man. And then knocks it away at the last second. Great coverage. Once again, owning this Auburn team, making a stop on the goal line. No one-on-one -on -one coverage right here. Fantastic. All righty. 
Here we go. Is that him making the... Yes, that is. Here we go. Quarterback throwing the ball on a comeback route. But uh, there he is, just kind of easy, jumping in front of the ball, knocking it away last second, incomplete pass. All right, this man's got some grace coverage skills. Look at that. Absolutely perfect. Sees him turn, flips his hips, gets in front of the ball, knocks it away. Oh, almost had a chance at a pick. Oh, no. He had two hands clean on this ball. Oh, no. No sure. I mean, that's that's got to be a pick. I mean, that's why you play defense because you can't catch the ball. So that's a little unfortunate. No surefire interception abilities. Unfortunate. That's a, I mean, that's textbook. It's literally looking the ball in, catching the ball, and uh, he couldn't get it done. So. A little unfortunate there, but everything else is great. The coverage skills are fantastic. The break a ball ability is fantastic. Alrighty, third down once again, just getting in front of the defender and knocking the ball away. I mean, he's got perfect positioning. Nobody's beating this man on any of these routes. He's looking real good. On the punt return, oh, even look at this. He's making you nervous out here. Can't even f catch the ball, catch a punt fairly out here. He's breathing down, and uh, he forces the muff punt, and that's it for the touchdown, the fumble recovery for the touchdown. That's the one that we saw in the stat column. Can't get any easier than that, but just his presence alone is making people nervous and sweat. <laughs> All righty, here we go. Man coverage here. Once again, plays it beautifully. Look at that. Stutter step doesn't beat him. Comeback doesn't beat him. Squares up. And now it's a two-yard loss, and it's a surefire tackle out there. Love it. Fantastic. All righty. Pretty good out there. Let's go over to this game against Alabama. Let's just watch. Let's see what we see out here. He's number three if we have to follow him around. This is the play that we saw in the highlight package as well. Just kind of stripping the ball out at the last second for an incomplete pass on third and five. Very great work out there. Let's see what else we get here by this man. Alrighty, next play up. What do we get? Georgia now on top. Alabama down 17-14. Let's see if they can keep the lead. He's got man coverage right at the top of the screen. Highlighted for us. Great man coverage. Alrighty, who is that? That's Devontae Smith, though, baby. Heisman winner is able to kind of get a little bit of separation at the top of the route here. Watch him kind of break off inside, and he's able to kind of get some nice yards of separation, but then he's able to kind of recover and bring him down for really no yards after the gain, after the catch. Alrighty, but it's Devontae Smith. I mean, he's going to get open, folks. That's why you got to take this man um, as soon as you can. I think he's the best receiver in the draft. Alrighty. All right, here we go. Back to man coverage here. Let's see what he does. I think back on Devontae Smith. He's going to go deep. Any, uh, all righty. So once again, Devontae Smith able to get a little bit of separation on this man. Coming back to the ball a little bit. Able to get away from uh, Jay Tayson Campbell a little bit. All righty. But once again, no yards after the catch, unfortunate. Or no, very good for Tyson Campbell. Alrighty, this is the play we just saw, the comeback route, able to get a little bit of separation there. Alright, what's the next play up? Here we go. Comes back, trying to make the tackle. Once again, he's kind of got a little bit of man coverage on uh, wide receiver there, not Devontae Smith this time. 
Najee Harris running the ball comes up and helps out on the tackle for the run. All righty. Decent play there. See what we get here. Mac Jones going to go deep over the middle of the field. And once again, just kind of Devontae Smith is able to get away from this man. Not sure if he had total man coverage on this one. Let's see where he is. He's over here. Safety. Playing man coverage on Devontae Smith is kind of beating him a little bit here. Let's watch it one more time. That kind of comeback. Just coming back to the ball. Alrighty, so... Let's write let's note this down. Devontae Smith. Able to get separation on comeback routes. Able to get separation on comeback routes on this man. But then you know he doesn't allow any yards after the gain, after the catch. All right, here we go. Man coverage right at the top of the screen. It's a run play. Comes off the block decently well. Just good blocking up there. Come off the block at the right time. All righty. All right, here we go again. Close game. Alabama still losing 24-20. to Has Devontae Smith inside and just can't keep up with the speed. So he allows the catch. Doesn't allow anything after the catch, but still allowing the 10-yard completion there. I mean, it's just too good. He's just too good. Able to get separation. Another reason why you got to take Devontae Smith over Jamar Chase, in my opinion. He can beat you off the line. All right, here he is over here. Taking the deep receiver. Ooh, gets beat at the last second. Is that Jalen Waddle? Ooh, did not have the best time here against this Alabama team. It is a stacked roster, unfortunately, but we still got to see what you can do against stacked rosters, and this isn't the best from Jalen Campbell getting beat a couple of times. Not 100% beat. This time he was 100% beat. Um, Jalen Waddle just able to get the entire thing there. Damn. All right, let's watch it one more time here. Just kind of, you know, slips down a little bit. Wasn't able to kind of keep up with that speed of Jalen Waddle. So, all righty. Overall, in totality, the stats, nothing truly great. Again, he's got some nice tactics. He's able to kind of, you know, beat, you know, you know, not A1 Heisman winner, elite receiver talent. But everything else was pretty good. So, he's definitely a solid player out here. Definitely is draftable. Just had a little bit of a bad showing against that stacked Alabama team. But uh, uh, overall, everything's decent on this man. Definitely a solid pickup. We'll see how he's able to transition into the league. Alrighty, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in, tuning in. Thanks for listening. And we will, uh, we're back tomorrow, live noon Eastern. Like always, running it back, seeing what uh, happens today in the sports world, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. All righty, so we're out of here, th folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see.